How to Become Your Children's Favorite Book Reader. Welcome to the Simply Charlotte Mason podcast. I'm Sonia Schaefer. Have you ever watched a play or a movie in which the actors weren't that great? They just didn't do a very good job of delivering their lines or of communicating what was happening inside and outside their characters. The actors didn't write the play or the movie, yet they had an important role in making it enjoyable for the audience. Well, in some ways, that's kind of like reading a book aloud. The reader plays an important role in making that book enjoyable for his or her audience. Charlotte Mason told each reader to take up a book with the certainty that the pleasure of the whole family depends on his or her reading well. Formation of Character, page 221. In a Charlotte Mason education, the parent-teacher reads aloud often, especially when the children are in the elementary years. But that habit of sharing a good book together should not be neglected when the children are older, too. And if you want your children to look forward to those read-aloud times, let me give you some tips to help you improve your part. The author has already taken care of writing the lines— those worthy thoughts well put and inspiring tales well told, all you have to do is read them well. I've been reading aloud to my children for almost 30 years now, and they seem to enjoy it. Either that or they're really good actors. No, they enjoy it. Let me give you some tips then. Ten things that I've learned over three decades of reading aloud to my children. Tip number one. Slow down. Use pauses. Focus on smoothness, not speed. The speed will come as you get more comfortable, but don't focus on the speed. Focus on reading smoothly, not stumbling over words. Your goal is to communicate ideas, not just say words. So give yourself time to process those ideas in your own head, too. You can't communicate an idea that you missed because you were speed reading. So slow down and focus on reading the words smoothly. Did you notice I paused between words and smoothly? I did that because if I had read them quickly, they would have run together. Words smoothly. And you probably would have heard... Focus on reading the word smoothly. But that would confuse the idea I was trying to communicate. We're not talking about just reading one word smoothly. We're talking about all of the words that you speak as you read aloud. Read all of those words smoothly. Pauses might seem long to you at first. They might seem a little awkward, but they aren't going to to your listener. Pauses can help your listeners. So take your time. And along with slowing down, tip number two, enunciate. Speak clearly. Careless enunciation is a bad habit. The good habit that you want to put in its place is 
putting forth the effort to be precise and clear in your communication. If you want to improve your enunciation, a good place to start is by focusing on the ends of words. It's easy to leave off those final sounds or to half swallow them. You might pick only one ending at a time to work on, but try to clearly say those final sounds, final T's and D's and P's, for example. Now, keep in mind, there's a big difference between touching that final sound and hammering it. Don't get caught in the trap of hammering final consonants. That is not pleasant for anybody to listen to. Take the word, well, there you go, word. You can hear that final D, word. I'm consciously saying that letter's sound at the end, but I try not to say word. Hammering sounds is not going to help us achieve that smooth reading that we want to give. It's probably going to take a little practice to find the proper amount of emphasis to give those final sounds in order to enunciate smoothly. But if you do, your children will be able to listen longer and understand more easily, and they will learn from your example. So don't be lazy. Enunciate to clearly communicate. Tip number three. This one might sound a bit odd, but it works, believe me. When you are reading aloud, breathe through your nose, not your mouth. Inhale through your nose. This little technique will prevent you from yawning. Do you have that problem? You're reading aloud and everybody's into the story and suddenly out of nowhere comes a yawn. That really interrupts the flow of the story. Well, the solution is to inhale through your nose instead of through your mouth. Try it. It works. Now, I will say, this little tip does not have the same effect when you actually fall asleep while reading aloud. Am I the only one who's done that? I'm the only bad mommy? Leave a comment and let me know I'm not the only one who dozes off sometimes while reading aloud. I guess that little tidbit suggests a bonus tip. Get enough sleep. All right, tip number four. Modulate your voice. Don't get stuck on one pitch as you're reading because it can get really annoying to your listeners. Monotone mumblers are not pleasant to listen to. In a way, you are delivering lines as an actor would. And especially with the books that we use in a Charlotte Mason education, there are living ideas to be communicated. So let's speak them in a living way, seeking to keep life in our voices. You don't have to become melodramatic about it. Just make sure you don't get stuck in a sound rut and never venture outside one or two pitches. Listening to good narrators on audiobooks will help tune your ear to modulation that's done well. I'm not saying you have to imitate somebody else, but the more you listen to a person, the more your ear is tuned to consider that way of talking as normal. So make sure you're listening to good examples and continue to grow in this area of modulating your voice as you read aloud, and even as you speak, for that matter. Tip number five, look ahead. 
Now, this is another reason we slow down as we read. You want to have time to look at least one line ahead of where your mouth is reading. You should be scanning for any upcoming challenges, like hard to pronounce names or difficult words. You're also looking for helpful clues about how to deliver the lines. Sometimes an author will write the words that a character said, and then at the end of that sentence, he adds the dialogue tag that lets us know the speaker was whispering, or was shouting, or was laughing as he spoke. When you're reading silently, your brain can put all of that together just fine. But when you're reading aloud, you need to know those clues ahead of time so you can whisper or shout or laugh as you convey what the character said. It's really awkward to get to the end of the sentence and realize you should have been whispering. Oops. Looking ahead will help with all of that. If you're just starting out with this skill, here's a little clue. Look for quotation marks as you're scanning. Usually, those important dialogue tags will show up either between two sets of quotation marks or at least at the end of a set of quotation marks. When you get more comfortable and experienced with looking ahead as you're reading aloud, you'll also be able to catch any sections that need some editing. For example, if a character uses certain words that you don't allow in your house, you'll be able to just skip right over them and keep going, and your children won't even realize you did it. Now that my children are grown up, they sometimes reread some of the books that we shared together during their school years, and at times they've told me that they didn't realize I had edited some words on the fly as I was reading aloud. It's a skill that comes with practice. The more you work at it, the easier it's going to get. Tip number six. Practice with a story you know and love. If you want to focus on slowing down and enunciating, modulating your voice, or looking ahead, choose a book that you are familiar with. Select one that you know well, and you already have a good idea what's coming up and who says what to whom and how the lines are delivered. That way, you'll be able to focus more on the skills that you're trying to practice rather than on all of the skills plus the plot and the new characters and their names and the wording style of the author and everything else that's involved in a new book. If you can't think of any titles that you would feel comfortable with, ask a friend for suggestions or take a look at our lists of recommended family read-aloud books and choose one of those. Pre-read it for yourself. Get familiar with it and enjoy it privately at first. Then, share it with your children as you work on your read-aloud skills. Tip number seven. This one's going to sound obvious, but you would be surprised how many people don't do it. When you are reading aloud, listen to yourself. I had a piano teacher once who said that to me, and it took me by surprise. She asked, are you listening to yourself as you play? I thought, no, I'm not. I'm just using my eyes and my fingers to play the notes. I'm not really using my ears. Listening to yourself is a key technique to help you improve. Now that you know what to listen for, a smooth reading that is easily understood 
pleasant to listen to, and that communicates the ideas. Listen as you read. Use your ears as well as your eyes and your voice, and you will be able to determine what might need adjusting. If you want to, you could record yourself doing a reading. And if you have a trusted friend, one who will be honest as well as kind, you might ask her to listen to that recording and give you some feedback. Listening to yourself can reveal the areas in which you need to improve, and once you know those areas, take Charlotte Mason's advice. Work on just one at a time. Tip number eight. Expect attention from your audience. We've been talking mainly about your responsibility as the reader to deliver a good reading experience, but that experience can also be affected by the actions and attitudes of your audience. Since you are the mom and the teacher, you have the perfect right and even the responsibility to stop reading if your audience's attention has wandered. Now, sometimes regaining that attention might require only a long pause and maybe a pointed look. And the disruptor will get the message and refocus his attention on the book. Other times, you might need to stop the reading, set it aside, and go do a different type of lesson that does not involve reading, and then come back to the reading after that mental switch. Sometimes it might require stopping and putting the book away for that day. That's it. The privilege of listening to that story is gone. They have forfeited that privilege. Now, if the situation should come to that, may I encourage you to close the book and put it away with an attitude and an expression of sorrow and regret rather than of anger and resentment? We want to keep our read-aloud sessions as a time of pleasure, not of anger. And of course, if only one child is causing the problem, another option might be to send that one disruptor out of the room. If it's a good story, he'll probably listen outside the door anyway, and that's okay. The main thing is to realize that part of your responsibility as the reader is to keep the experience pleasurable for all of your listeners. If something or someone is threatening that good experience, you do what needs to be done in order to eliminate the distraction and restore a pleasant atmosphere. Tip number nine. Don't be afraid to stop at the good parts. Now, I'm not saying your children will appreciate your doing this, but it is a technique that has powerful results in many ways. Stopping at a cliffhanger gives your child the opportunity to mull over what might happen next. He might not realize it, but he's exercising logical thinking skills as he ponders different options. He's also getting practice with creative writing by thinking through what could be the next event and how might it affect the rest of the story. So give him that space and time to wonder and imagine. Don't assign him to think about what might happen next. Making that a school assignment is a quick way to steal all the joy out of the book. Just stop at cliffhangers or unresolved parts of the story and make sure the children know they're not allowed to touch the book. 
Giving that time to ponder what was read helps with their retention, too. Taking a book in small chunks and spreading it out over time makes a deeper impression than binge reading. Your child will remember each section better if he is given time to live with it before moving on. Many of the best authors already incorporate good parts at the ends of the chapters, so you probably won't have to search for them. But keep this tip in mind, especially if your children beg for more. Don't give in. That situation is a good thing. First, it shows that they're enjoying the book. Confirmation is good. But more importantly, making them wait for the next part of the story teaches them delayed gratification. It's an important opportunity for them to practice self-control. And self-control is one of the most important traits any child will need throughout life. So be firm. Stop at the good parts. And the last tip. Let me just encourage you. Remember that reading aloud well, just like any other skill, comes with practice. Give yourself time to make improvements and to grow little by little. Daily reading will give you that essential practice time. But remember also that practice does not necessarily make perfect. Simply reading a chapter aloud each day does not guarantee that you're going to make progress in your reading aloud skills. Mindless practice only perpetuates the same mistakes. Practice does not make perfect. Practice makes permanent. Only perfect practice makes perfect. If you simply practice the same mistakes over and over, you will not improve. So invest thought and effort into those daily practice times, those daily read-aloud sessions. And when you do that, you will see progress. Those are my 10 tips for reading aloud. Did any of them resonate with you as I mentioned it? Maybe you need to slow down or to enunciate more clearly or to modulate your voice so it's pleasant to listen to. Or perhaps you need practice glancing ahead so you are prepared and can keep the reading smooth. Maybe you're just eager to try that breathe through the nose technique that eliminates yawning. Whatever idea sparked your interest, let me also encourage you with this one. Small changes over time can produce big results. Be faithful to practice that one change every day as you read aloud, and you will improve. It's worth the effort. I think deep down, we all want to become our children's favorite book reader. If you enjoyed this video, subscribe through iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, or your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. You can also subscribe to the audio version of this podcast or read the blog post on our website at simplycharlottemason.com. All of those links will be in the notes, along with a link to that list of favorite read-aloud books that I mentioned. Thanks for joining me. See you next time.